huge savings on new and previously leased furnishings. That's right, huge savings. At Court Furniture Clearance Center, choose from our wide variety of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. You'll find sofas from $199.99 and more. Everything in our 9,000 square foot showroom is Court certified, guaranteed, and in stock. Ready for delivery or to take home today. Visit our Chantilly Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off. Welcome to the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast with Matthew Sardo. Take your sticky paws off me, you damn dirty ass. <laughs> Holy sh! <laughs> they're actually monkeys fighting robots! You can follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots and on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. Make sure to download and review our podcast from iTunes and Stitcher. And now, here's your host, Matt. Welcome to the 115th episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots. It's a Morphin time, people! EJ and I are talking about the mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I cannot believe I said all that loud. I'm your host, Matthew Sardo, most of the co-founder of MonkeysFightingRobots.com. Joining me in the banter is my co-host, movie critic, EJ Marino. I now understand when you hate how negative I get about the Marvel Universe. Hearing you talk about Power Rangers, I get so angry at you. And I'm like, it's so joyful and so fun. How are you so hateful towards it? That is it. We are going to talk about the Power Rangers today. But their toys were so shitty. They just had shitty toys. And again, like, I... I think that was like the early 90s so I was like 18 and I was like what is this shit that they're putting on TV and kids are gonna it was live action animation's always better than live action and then it was it was worse than Godzilla like Godzilla's fun and cool but then like you know Rita Repulsa was this crazy Asian lady and she had this furry guy next to her that's like oh guys I'm gonna get the Power Rangers like what the hell is that shit man it, you could definitely tell it was made in Japan, and I'm I will forever still to this day be surprised Power Rangers worked. It's a lightning in the bottle moment where it's just like we got this to work, and it's continued to work because they still have a new Power Rangers season on this year. Like it's still around, so I I definitely understand the what the fuck aspect of like Power Rangers, but as a fan of it for always, I just I there's something about this world that I love and. I think it's so interesting that I've never looked at them as superheroes, quote unquote, but I guess they are. And that's always been so weird to me. I love how self-referential this movie was because they rattled off Iron Man, Spider-Man. They rattled off the Transformers. They kind of knew the pond that they were they were digging in. It was a phenomenon. The Power Rangers, like you said, it was lightning in a bottle. It was a phenomenon. People love it. It's still going. I don't understand how it's going. There's dinosaurs. There's other shit. I just look at the toys and I'm like, why are they so crappy? Like Transformers were cool toys. And like Voltron was a cool toy. And then like these plastic, I don't know, it could have been the 90s safety regulations that kicked in, but there was just something off with those toys and they just seemed cheap to me. I think Power Rangers is also one of the first times where I think the toy aspect honestly wasn't the main thing. I think this was a lot about kids getting up and like doing the flips and the kicks and all that. And I think this was a... This was definitely it wasn't a toy main thing. Maybe the accessories, like, oh, I want to have the cool belt that the Power Rangers have with the coins. Like, I think that's where this really got in. Is this was kind of a lot of people wanted to be Power Rangers, and you couldn't really be a Transformer. Yeah, they were cool, 
or like I think this is the only thing comparable is like a Ninja Turtles. I think people wanted to be a Ninja Turtle, and I think people wanted to be Power Rangers. So I like that aspect that it kind of got kids off the couch, and like it got me into like Kung Fu and all these like martial art movies. And yeah, I know it's horrible when you look back on the '90s TV show, but it definitely shaped to what I like now as an adult. I'm looking up Rita Repulsa now, like the old version. I'm trying to find her, but apparently there was a non-Asian lady that voiced her. Yes. And, and she then, comes up on IMDb, and I was like, this isn't Rita Repulsa. I'm like, what's going on here? Well, because a lot of people forget the, uh, the the original Power Rangers would use the footage from the Japanese show and just dub over them. And then all like the, the American actors, that they would film those scenes. So all the Rita Repulsa scenes are from the Japanese show. So that's why there's a lot of different things for her. And then they end up replacing her, because I do think the original Rita contract dispute or something like that thinks she was just like yeah i'm done with this and they kind of replaced her but yeah rita's a cool character i liked her more as a space witch before you know she was such so different that this new version of her is cool but i do kind of miss can't be space witch rita let's start this off let's kind of before i jump into these things that i want to there's so many so many emotions that are going on after this power rangers movie because i was i enjoyed it I love the beginning of the film, and then it slowly falls off, and then by the end, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm watching. I'm watching a Saturday morning cartoon again, or not a live action show again. But let's let's start about like what we what we liked about this film. Let's start about what we liked about this film. I think we definitely both agree that the main characters are very fleshed out, very well developed, and I think they felt like real people, and that's something the Power Rangers struggle with. That's something I think major especially teen aim shows i think i it makes me think back to the fantastic four i like the the newer one i knew these characters already and i just felt like seeing them in the new film i'm like i don't know these people this is so different that this one it instantly thrusted me into and i'm i got each ranger and i understood where they came from their little character quirks and i really like that they felt like real humans i'm watching iron fist right now and i'm four episodes in and it's not the best Marvel series whatsoever, but I'm just like, okay, what is it about this film I don't like, or TV show I don't like? And I haven't really put a note on it, but then I watched the Power Rangers, and I'm 10 minutes into the movie, and I was like, I love these characters. It's fun. It's witty. It's almost every not, it's almost everything you hate about the MCU movies is what the beginning of that film was. As I, I disagree. I don't think it was overly humorous. I think the characters are more fleshed out quicker than I think they are in MCU films. I think MCU likes to wait until that last third act to finally give you that full-on character development. Look at a guy like Stephen Strange and Star-Lord, where I do think they wait a while, where this one, they kind of just quickly were like, here are these people, you know who they are, and and they also subverted a lot of ex- expectations. Red Ranger, he's always like the jock. He's always the bro. And yes, he is that, but there's something more to him. And Billy's always been the nerd, but now there's something more to him. And I really like that they did add a lot to this like you said within the first 10 minutes even i was kind of fine with them being stereotypical characters and they there was there was the nerdy guy there was the jock i mean again didn't we talk about this during the movie like before the movie that was like the breakfast club version of power rangers because it was all the people in detention yeah this is the breakfast club with power rangers well, this definitely added that Breakfast Club feeling more, especially with the detention, because that was never really a plot point in Power Rangers. They were always kind of good kids in the original series. They're always like, oh, man, you know, let's eat our vitamins and say our prayers kind of kids. And these kids are like, 
now we're all troublemakers. I thought this was the first time that they're quote unquote teenagers with attitudes, which has always been like the Power Rangers catch line. And now I'm like, these kids actually, I I like them. They're all kind of sassy. There was a couple people that were kind of sassy and interesting, but I love the fact that everybody just got their ass kicked for like the first half an hour of the movie. Like, I love that the Red Ranger, Jason, like he's escaping in the beginning and he gets, you know, flips his truck and gets shredded. I was laughing during the minivan train scene. Like that just brought, I was just like, oh, and I just brought me to laughter, like in a good way. Because we're just watching, it's like, oh, action, action, action. Oh, snap. This got hit by a train. Yeah, because you're like, oh, they're it happens in every movie. Maybe they would have got the end clipped of their van or something, but no, they got full on T-bone, bro. And I was like, oh, oh, crap. Like, good job. I think the first one I really started laughing, and you did too, is when Jason just bitch slaps the bully in the beginning. And I was just like, oh, this is what we're doing. I like that. I thought that was really funny. No, and that actually is where you talked about it briefly about how they jumped into characters right away. And... For me, the perfect example is uh, Weekend at Bernie's. Andrew McCarthy, in the beginning of the movie, is walking through Central Park, and this guy comes out, pulls the gun on him, and he's like, give me your money. And Andrew, Andrew McCarthy doesn't even like miss a beat. He just grabs the gun and keeps walking and throws it in the dumpster. Like He just doesn't give a fuck at all. And, and they, that, they establish who this character is right away, and then they did the same thing with Jason, the Red Ranger, uh, in that first detention, he's like, hey, you're the bully. I'm the jock, and you're going to try to hit me, and I'm just going to bitch slap you. And it was amazing. Like, that scene set up everything, and you got that relationship right away between Jason and Billy. Like I said, the first 30 to 45 minutes of that movie, I loved it just because of how they built up the characters and the fact that everybody was just getting their ass kicked through training montage, through trains, through whatever else was going on was was awesome. I just I thoroughly enjoyed the first half of the movie. I definitely agree with you. I was like I was kind of impressed. I was like, so when are we gonna get bad? I don't hate the end of this film as much as you do, but I do think that's where the weakest part is. But I was just like, so when when is this gonna get kind of like overly cheesy? Oh, when is it happening? And even when they started, like you said, started training to be Power Rangers, I was like, oh, so is this when the cheesy stuff happens? And no, it still didn't happen. And I was very impressed that they. They kept the fun and the, the little bit of camp that comes with Power Rangers, but they actually did really well with, like, kind of being restrained back a little bit with it because they I definitely expected something way hammier, and I was happy that it, was, it wasn't dark and gritty, but it wasn't cheeseball, and that was that's refreshing. It, it was darker than, like, the TV show was. It, it had an element. There was a PG-13 element to it for the first half of the film. It definitely had a had a little bit of a darker tone to it. I have no clue what's going on with Trini and her personal issues that she yeah, had. Yeah, she's like, she's like vaguely gay. Maybe she's a military brat. The Trini character, as interesting as I found her, and I like Becky G, the actress. I think she's really cute. I, I, I'm, I'm into her. And I, I liked it, but I was just like, what the hell is going on with you, though? It's just like they kind of set up that she was gay, but then never really pulled the trigger on it. Her and Kimberly were kind of into each other the whole time. I was just like, there, there's something more there. And same thing with the Zach character. I like the Zach character. I think he's a very gorgeous man. But I was just like, so you just take care of your old mom? Like, there, there wasn't really, for as much as they did well with Billy and Jason and even Kimberly, as 
kind of bitchy as Kimberly was, they they did well with developing something with her. And the other two, I was just like, oh, so we're just gonna forget about the other two Rangers. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird, but, but <sighs> I but I did like that dinner scene, like the dinner table scene with Trini. You know, where they're like pee in the cup. Like it was just, you know, it was they. It was like you said, they played the camp to its strengths at certain times, and then. When it went full on camp is when I had an issue. The like we're doing the good, the bad, and the ugly. For me, the bad was the special effects. Like you, you just saw like the opening scene with Zordon and and where they established origins. I was like, ooh, this is kind of pretty, and they're doing some cool stuff. And then I feel like they just ran out of money the longer the film went on. Yeah, that beginning, I, I would definitely compare it. it Remind me of a Zack Snyder intro. Oh man, you or- sent that in the preview, and I was like. Don't bring it up, man. Don't bring it up. Don't bring it, honestly, really, he just has this certain kind of like his worlds of cartoony, but still have this like interesting aspect. And that's the first thing I thought of was I'm like, oh, shit, this looks really nice. I really like what this kind of blend of CGI world. And I was like, OK, cool. And like you said, I think they started running out of money, especially with the putties. Um, but the putties used to be guys in like gray spandex suits. So anything's an upgrade. Um, I definitely will say uh cgi wise yeah especially with goldar i'm not a big love it but i really love the uh the the suits that the rangers wore um i know that they mixed that with practical and cgi and i really really love them zords that's a different thing didn't love each individual zord but the suits definitely really good blend of practical and special effect there what was zach zord i couldn't figure was it a bug was it a- oh zach is uh uh mastodon which that was the uh it's the ugliest one uh, wait a mastodon been... what what's a mastodon it's kind of like a it's like a big woolly mammoth looking guy it's like the like a big you couldn't even tell it was a woolly mammoth no that i will definitely say like because you and same thing with trini saber tiger you couldn't really tell i got tri- you kind of knew tri- it was a tiger like you knew like i knew what that was there but like and then you knew the other one was a triceratops and then you had t-rex and then you had the the pterodactyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like when you said mast, like I know what a mastodon is, but when you said that mastodon and then I put, applied it to what I saw on screen, I had no clue what you were talking about. That was the one because uh, there has been some talk about the Zord design that they're not too dinosaur like they were in the original series. But I was like, okay, no, I like this update. And then I saw the mastodon. I was like, what the hell is that thing? And they kept showing it a lot that I was just like, no, it's the not most the one I want to focus on. Yeah, it was like, the most featured the, one. Yeah, show me that. I thought the Triceratops was beautifully designed. I was just like, show me that a little bit more. That would have been cool. And I was just like, oh, damn, you're showing me the ugly one. Yeah, but then it ended up looking like the Triceratops that you can buy from Radio Shack. There's remote control towards the end. Well, yeah, all of them. It, that's what, it did hit this moment where I was just like, are we using miniatures right now? <laughs> like, it got kind of cheesy, bad CGI. I was just like, this could have just been miniatures, and I don't think anyone would have complained. I actually would have been very happy. Cause oh, something- if it was miniatures, I would have been all behind that if they did if they did stop motion. I, I totally get behind that. Well, that was something that they that was the infamous for the original Power Rangers series was always the miniatures, like the, like the old school Godzilla stuff. And I was just like, okay, that's cool. But then... I was just like, damn, they could have just sprinkled a tiny bit of that in there, yeah, especially with the Megazord and Goldar fight scene that I was just like, oh, that that could have been minute. No, I guess not. Damn it. Uh, what was so? And then for me, the ugly ended up being just the whole end of the film. Once they said once the go go Power Rangers music kicked in, I was like, shut the front door. I'm not even going to give it a solid F you because. 
it doesn't deserve it. Like, I'm not going to give it credit enough. I don't, I'm so torn with this last bit because I think that was the most Power Rangers this movie got. So, like, you aren't a fan of the the original source material. So while it goes super Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, I can see where you get lost on it. But they definitely had to do that to kind of send some of the fans home happy. Because I definitely think if they would have changed how that was, I definitely, I think people would have been really pissed. And they had to go a little bit more Mighty Morphin, just a tiny bit. I don't, I, I do agree that it's messy and I think it was rushed. And we kind of were just like, oh, here's the Krispy Kreme subplot. There we go. There, god damn that Krispy Kreme promo. Oh boy. Like, yeah, how much did they pay for Krispy? How much did Krispy Kreme is like? Is Krispy Kreme like doing well? Are they not doing well? Like, what is what was the marketing behind that? We're like, listen, we're gonna have you be the MacGuffin of the Power Rangers movie. Yeah, like Krispy Kreme is. A, it was so funny because it was played the first time when she when Billy says it to Rita and everyone's just like what the fuck like what the hell and i was just like that was the one time that i think the Krispy Kreme gag paid off but yeah by the end i was just like uh but yeah that's it definitely get it definitely got very mighty morphin by the end of that and i could definitely see why you don't like it but god as soon as i heard go go power rangers i was like oh there it is there it is i'm glad it wasn't the full song thank god it was only like a couple notes of it and i was like oh that's cool i feel like it's more than a couple notes um, but I know, I, but, trust me, they could have done full guitar solo. They could have done the Power Rangers song, but they 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 restrained themselves. And I'm glad it wasn't the really bad Alpha Five song that they released on, like the soundtrack that just him yelling I I I I I. <laughs> I hated Alpha Five. Like he was that one that all the kids laughed at the Alpha Five jokes, and I was just like, that's not funny. Don't don't give Bill Hader that pat on the back. Oh God, Alpha Five really distracted me. Bill Hader's uncle was my English teacher in Chicago. Random fact I learned about Matt. I know. That was the, so I can never say anything negative about I don't blame Bill Hader for Alpha 5 sucking. Because I won, I don't I don't think his he was mixed properly, like the sound wise. Because mm-hmm. you, you would always hear him in the background, but you're like, is he going to be the, the comic relief? Is he not? You had Billy who was the comic relief. And then you added him, which you Billy was, just... was the comic relief for us. Uh, Alpha Five was the comic relief for the kids, and I think that's where I can't fall in love with him because I was like Billy was making me laugh the entire time. I think even Jason was kind of funny. There, there was really good moments. I think Rita Repulsa's kind of like campy delivery. Like Elizabeth Banks did well. The Alpha Five was really kind of the biggest character negative, and I I would fault Brian Cranston, but he didn't do a damn thing. That was the easiest paycheck he's ever got. He had to put the blue skin on, didn't he? Yeah, for the two seconds he was in it as non-floating head Zordon. I also do like the the new like design of Zordon. I'm glad he's not a floating head in a tube. That didn't really work well for Mighty Morphin, so at least he changed. Yeah, so I, I would complain about Brian Cranston's Zordon because it wasn't a lot, but there wasn't a lot to complain about, so he's just kind of in the middle where Alpha 5, he was there enough for me to be like, I would punch you in the face, little guy. God damn it, I hate you. With the bad CGI, it just it compounds the issue where it's like, oh, you're not even blending into the scene right now. And I don't want to bash this film because I think it's a solid C plus, And I think kids and people that love Power Rangers are going to love this film. How come Zordon doesn't talk to the Power Rangers when they're in their Zords? Like, so that somebody, this is where I was like, we spent all the time training, but we never spent any time training in a vehicle. 
And then they're like, oh, we're going to go form a whatever, or we're going to shoot rockets and we're going to do other things. And I was like, if Zordon just was like, hey, Billy, you just need to press this button and it'll shoot this and blah. And he was kind of like quarterbacking what was going on there. It, that would have made it a little bit more believable for me. And I probably wouldn't have hated the third act as much. It would have connected things a little bit more. I definitely agree. I didn't even think about something like that because I, I took it as because uh, you kind of see the Zords kind of like plug into the Power Ranger suits. So that's when I'm starting to think it was more organic movements and it was kind of feeling it. So that's why I was just kind of like, maybe that's why. But I definitely agree. Maybe connecting Zordon to the team or even having Alpha be the one to be like, oh, guys, why don't you try this move? Because that's something Alpha 5 used to do. I'm um, kind of in like a headset radio thing. Right. So that's that's kind of what I was expecting, and that's where I do think, like you said, there what there was a there was a disconnect between Zordon and the stuff that we saw in the beginning and all the training, and then by the end it was just like, damn, you guys got ready for this training. That's what I feel like. There's a little bit cut out, and this movie's already two hours. That I'm like, I wouldn't have mind a two hour fifteen because it was paced decently, but I was just like, there's a little bit more in between big final finale and like that second act that I'm like. Ugh, they're just just flush it out a little bit more, like you said, doing some more connections with Zor training, something like that would have helped. It was it was weird, and and then we talked about the Zords, and then you got the Mega Zord, which looked decent. I've watched Pacific Rim, and Pacific Rim is not a great film, but the one thing that they did do well is had giant robots fight giant monsters really well. So I, that's what I was looking for. It's like oh. We're going to have a fight, and then there wasn't a fight. Yeah, that that was that was a little disappointing. The, the kind of thing with Goldar, I wish they would have set him up differently. Usually Rita Repulsa was one to make one of her monsters. They started out small, and then she would make them big once like Power Rangers kind of early defeated him. I was kind of hoping for something like that, and then I was just like, because I really liked the hand-to-hand combat. There was that first scene where Rita just whoops all of the Power Rangers, and I was just like, damn, this is filmed amazingly awesome. And like this kind of hand-to-hand combat with the Rangers is interesting. And then they didn't give me enough of that. No, we could And that's where it just gets disconnected. Cause you have those rock monsters and it wasn't like, if there was some sort of like clonage where you actually got to see some Kung Fu and kicking and other things like, Oh, cause all of a sudden it's like, okay, I have a big knife. I can cut through the rock. We're good. And some of the things that inspired you, like you said, the Kung Fu and the martial arts, wasn't there all the way and then you got the megazords and then oh that they what is the wrestling move that they were doing was that a goldberg's move german that's a german suplex right but who uses that i was flabbergasted because uh me and tm we were just kind of talking about wrestling before and i was just like oh nice and then alpha's like teaching them this like german suplex move and i'm like the hell that's Brock Lesnar's move like, right I knew there was a wrestler that had that move and I was just like this is getting dumb <laughs> and that was the that was the move that they beat him with that's why I was just like did we really German suplex this gold monster to death is that is that what we're doing like that but that it kind of goes with the cheesiness that I'm like I don't know where to yell at this for being too cheesy and then yell at it for being like kind of just mediocre and I don't. I don't want to like not be critical of this film because it's something I enjoy. But I, there's a lot of things I can forgive. Like the third act isn't as horrible because I do think it was. If the if the rest of the movie before it, that first 45 or whatever was really bad, I would have been like, damn it, this it, it, it couldn't have saved it. But that's I definitely think the beginning helped it. The beginning was awesome. 
And then... Because I think the middle is good. Even the team building where you got to see, like, that confession scene where they're all kind of saying, like, why they're here and how they got here. I thought that was interesting. It was really up until, like you said, kind of that go-go Power Rangers. They're all in their, like, Zords running there, which was almost shot for shot how it happens in the TV show, which is, once again, there was a lot of fan service, um, especially with inclusions of former Power Rangers that made the crowd erupt. Yeah, well, it was a Power Ranger screening. I mean, like, it was, it had its fans already set in there, which is fine. I let no problem stacking the crowd. I can go through and I can be like, okay, what was this? Like, when Billy Moore for the first time, I was like, he was touching the other two guys. Like, why can't they just all join hands and morph together? Like, why couldn't I was like, I saw what the issue was. Just hold hands and morph. Like, just do it. <laughs> yeah, they definitely would try to do the team team building aspect, and I thought that was actually pretty well. And I'm glad they didn't instantly get into costume. Um, that's something people wanted actually was far more Power Rangers costume. But I think that's if they do get a sequel, that's what the sequels are for. You're always supposed to kind of just. I think this was actually played pretty much like a superhero film where they suited up right when a superhero film would suit up. No, it worked. It worked. It's it's. It's it's like you were with King Kong last two weeks ago. This is def. I was gonna compare it to as well as how how I felt about King Kong is how I think most people are gonna feel about Power Rangers. Like that's how I because I was like the first half is a good movie and I'm like okay we're going in a good direction you know because because you sent they set up a lot of stuff with the with the characters all the characters are built up amazingly you know you got yeah you father issues you got family issues you know you got bully issues and stuff and some of those things are resolved and then some of those things are just kind of like thrown out the window and you had a few moments where they tried to resolve them that just didn't quite happen and that's where i'm just like ah whereas like you almost had me like i like you said there was a lot there was some kitsch going on and everything and i could get past the kitsch if they were able to kind of get to that to the heart that they had from the first first 30 to 40 minutes but again the first 30 to 40 minutes is like no cgi yes uh i definitely agree uh because uh, uh, the jumping effect that they do between things that was all strings i've seen a lot of the behind the scenes they definitely did use a lot of practical in this towards the beginning i i applaud that and yeah i i'm i'm torn because there is things if you go find like with a little comb and just go through and be like okay this is what's bad this is what's good and overall i did walk away good i want to know where i would fix it like is it a script problem is it an editing problem i don't know where because i honestly i think the script i think the script was fine even the last act could have been better i definitely think there were some editing things that some things were missing that didn't allow that ending to feel as fulfilling well if i was going to fix it and this is what I'm really good at. One, I would have trimmed it down to like 145. I felt like that team building in the middle got a little tedious for me. One of the reasons it got tedious is because our theater was 45 degrees and I was wearing shorts. It was the coldest theater I've ever been in in Florida. And I was like, oh my God, I'm frozen. And this movie needs to hurry up so I can get outside into the Florida heat. So that might have played into the movie running a little long for me. But you have to give me a badass fight scene. However way you fix that, you know, whether it be the Zords and other things and, and, and you know, you could you could do the miniatures, whatever the, the cheapest way to do those effects are, it just seemed really it just 
nothing seemed really intense to me when it came to the action once they got into robots and everything. And then, like, the one thing that just bothered me more in life itself is, like, Kimberly, Kimberly is in her pterodactyl, and she's so far leaned back that she can't see anything. Like, and, and, they, and they took the masks off, so everybody, you could see everybody's faces, and they were just trying to do too much. You didn't like the mask face showing thing? I it it was them. I really okay. Now this goes back to like a film aesthetic for me. Is I hate when they go like deep sea diving and then there's a light in their mask that shows their face. You'll even see it in like the alien movies or whenever they put like whenever any sci-fi movie puts a mask on, they always figure out some way of lighting up the face, and that just bothers me. And okay, this isn't just me MCU hating, but I like this more than what they do with the Iron Man, where he's just kind of in a CGI box. I just feel like th- I like that it showed that they were actually wearing full-on suits the whole time. So that's where something I did like, because I don't like when it's like kind of Tony in the full mask, and you kind of just see all like the little stuff, like all the holograms ahead of him. I'm kind of glad they didn't go that route, and I think that's why they did a lot of the changes because they were already getting compared to Iron Man enough. So I was kind of glad that they did open the mask up, and I thought that was a good way, especially because a lot of the original actors would always complain that they weren't getting a fair enough screen time because you couldn't see their face. So this was definitely the way of the actors being like, oh, no, bitch, I'm earning my paycheck. You see this face the whole time. Which is which is fine, but it's like it's you end up getting, and this is, this is me nitpicking or me film critiquing. I, did, I don't want to tear apart this film because I did enjoy the first half of the film immensely. Um, but it it co- goes into that thing of like, okay, they got into action mode. They they ended up becoming a typical film in the second half, where it's like, okay, I need to see the actors' faces. Um, you know, we're gonna have big special effects, big monsters, and all this other stuff. But they they just they had a lot of toys to play with, so many toys to play with, and they just weren't playing with them well. Yeah, I, I, that's a really good kind of comparison of this. I, I definitely enjoyed it far more than you do, like, as a whole. But there is things, like you said, that could have been they, – they had the parts there. That's why I was saying I don't know who to blame this on. Is it a directing, script, editing? Because I feel like everything was there. If it was just done a little bit better and you didn't you, – you did nail it on the head. I don't think the action had the intensity that it deserved where – the rest of the movie without action was very intense. And I was just like, oh, I feel the drama and I feel the emotion. And then it's like, as soon as action kicks in, it definitely turns into a Hollywood film. So I, I will knock off points for that. It did get a little like, oh yeah, this is what you kind of have to do. But then at the same time, it's just, it's how these movies work. So it's, you know, everything kind of has this big ending now in these Hollywood films. Rarely do we get, rarely do we get something like Get Out or a Logan that kind of even changes genre conventions. And hell, even Logan had a pretty typical third act villain, at least. You don't have to bash Logan. No, I'm, ju- I'm just trying to give other comparisons where I'm like, I think every film. We talked about this even last year. We had this problem. I don't know what it is with third acts, but I think every movie's just kind of losing it right at that last thirty minutes. It's just like I don't know what I'm doing. And, but that's the thing is you, you maybe you need to bring in a second director like the closer because we already have enough problems with multiple writers. Do we need multiple people behind directing? This isn't the Wachowski siblings that we can have two brains doing one project. What what'd you call them? The, the we're just calling them Wachowskis. We're not even putting 
brothers, sisters, siblings. Well, I said siblings. Oh, you like, did say siblings. Okay, it was good. It was good. It was just because like, I'm like, I was like, they both transitioned. Which oh, man, the Wachowskis. I was I was like, oh, the Wachowski brothers. That sounds awesome. I'm all for people transitioning, but I'm like, damn it, your gimmick was the Wachowski brothers. It sounded cool. I know. Now, you're, ju- awesome. now you're just the Wachowski sisters. Question mark. God damn it, you guys or girls. God damn it. I love I'm it. Just... I love it when your sexism kicks in. It's awesome. I know a little bit, a little bit. Usually I try to be so politically correct and I'm like, everyone's awesome. The gay community is cool. And I'm like, nah, here's my actual really bad side. (sighs) Uh, But no, there there was a lot of stereotypical tropes in the last part, like the rock monster landing on. There was a lot of cutaways to the, the town people. The town people, I didn't need to see the town people. Nobody needs the sound people. The only cutaway that worked was with Jason trying to help his dad. I was like, that was the only time that it helped progress the Jason dad storyline. And it was just like, okay, cool. This was the one town person we should have focused on. And that should have been it. But like you said, they did kind of just jump to things. I didn't need to see Kimberly trying to get on the revenge on the girls that she bullied. God, the Kimberly storyline in this film, the more I dig into it, I'm like, I hate you. Like, I don't like you, Kimberly. Like, screw your I'm an awesome badass girl. I'm going to cut my hair in the middle of class. Which I wish the detention guy would have been like, bitch, did you get a hair? Like, what? You said you were going to the bathroom, not at the salon. Oh, but no. But right before that scene is where the movie's like super dark. Because she pulls the scissors out and she opens up the blades. And then she looks at her wrist with her watery eyes like ready to cry. I was just like, oh, shit, are we doing a cutting story? And I'm like, we have autism, a gay person. I'm like, do we need cutting as well? Like, you guys aren't winning, like, the daytime Oscar here. Chill out. I was like, is she going to commit suicide? Because they they literally just had another dude steal a cow and then, like, flip flip his truck, like, 22 million times and blowed his knee. And, like, he lost the scholarship. He lost everything. And I was like, okay, they took that guy to town. Are they going to take this girl to to the hospital? Like, where is this going to go? And then... She's like, oh, I'm going to be badass and cut my hair. And I was like, oh, Kimberly went from a 17-year-old to a 24-year-old in seconds flat. Yeah, they really, that was like a mistake on the production end. I'm like, you know, you just aged your character, right? Like, she looked like a teenager. I will say they did pretty well with the casting. I think everyone looked kind of young, except for that damn Asian guy, who then I found out was actually 30-something. And I'm like... Dude, you are the grown man. I must feel I feel bad for you that you have to hang out with all these like twenty one year olds. Like I feel like he just at the end of the movie when he shows up in detention, like I don't even think he goes to the school. He's just like, Oh, I thought we were hanging out today, guys. Like he doesn't like his mom talks about school, but they don't ever say the word high school, yeah, college. Like, like, oh, so your graduate school you're at. Like yeah, your, your doctor that you've been in school for ten years already. <laughs> Oh man, it was. No, uh, but those are the those are the things that I'm glad we can laugh about it because I don't want to like those aren't something I would lash against the film as like his age or anything like that. I think that's what kind of adds to the fun. And I I will say more than I had with Kong is I do think this was a little bit more fun because I think it fully went the route it was trying to go. Where Kong, I think it tried to balance the fun and the the seriousness a little too awkwardly. Where this was just like, nah, you know what you're getting. Ah, but I, but then I don't like Jason didn't rat out his friends, but we never saw his friends ever again. Again, there was a lot of storylines where I'm like, I don't understand what's going on here, but, but, then, but there's a lot of really, but which is, I, but there was a lot of good storylines that they were putting seed. And I don't, I want to say seeds, but they were 
There's a lot. They were trying to build these characters up really well in the first. Like, I think the half best one was Billy. I think Billy was perfectly. I think even the stuff that you get to hear that he, his father passed, and you know he liked going where they found the the power coins at. He liked going there with his dad, and then kind of becoming a Power Ranger. He's like, oh, I like coming here with you guys, and I think that was a good way of like fully building his character. And I I definitely like that he was on the spectrum and how they handled that. I think Billy was probably. He was almost the main character of this movie. I know Jason is like the Red Ranger, and that's always kind of the poster boy of this, but I think definitely Billy was the main focus of this. Yeah, but the problem is, is once they put the suits on, they go into those Zords, you lose all emotional connection with all those guys. There was no, like, none of that individuality. Zach just passes out. like, <laughs> And Billy's sweating, but Jason isn't sweating. And Kimberly's like, I'm on fire! <laughs> Those are the moments I'm trying to not laugh at the movie because I'm like, oh, now this is the Power Rangers thing. This is what this is the 1995 Power Rangers movie. Uh, we finally got to that point, and but yeah, that that whole like thing where like Zach's passing out, one person's sweating, the other person's not sweating. Trini's just there, and no one can pronounce her name the whole time. Like, was that the joke? Was, like, what was it? What was it going? Because Trini, like, I feel like I can pronounce Trini, but I know they were saying something else. Yeah, because well. Trini is a more Asian name, and they casted a Mexican girl as Trini this time, so I think they were trying to, like, make her less Asian. But her last name is still Quan, so confusion. Yeah, because her family was not Asian. Yeah, her family was, like, <laughs> vaguely, like, she was, like, also, like, she was, like, vaguely Spanish, vaguely gay. It's just, like, do you, they didn't pull the trigger with her at all. And then, because yeah, then you have Alpha Five be like, "Oh, five Power Rangers, five different colored people." Like, I don't know what was going on there with like, where it was like, is he being racist right now? Like, what's going on? I really wish, I really wish after he said, "Oh, five different colored people," Billy would have been like, "What? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Did you just say?" There's only people? one colored person here, sir. <laughs> See, yeah, something like that would have been like, "Ooh." Oh, but yeah, I, I, there, there's a little jokes like that that I, I definitely I will. I think I will watch this again just to like kind of catch up on a little bit more of those little jokes that we missed. And I, this is definitely a fun viewing. And if they do get a sequel, I don't know how they're going to make money wise with this. But if they get a sequel, I'm kind of on board for these. I think this would be a fun every couple of years to go out and see the Power Rangers movie. I would have to say it's better than the Fast and Furious bullshit that they got going on there, because at least this knows what it is. I mean, fast. Oh, see, I think fast understands. Once they like drove three cars through one building, I was just like, oh, they've hit it. They have jumped the shark, stabbed the shark, jumped over it again, and then decided to keep jumping over it with a goddamn Grand Trans Am. It's just like, th I think they understand. <laughs> Vin Diesel's just not a good actor. <laughs> I, I gave this movie like a solid C. If you like the Power Rangers, you're probably going to like this. If you are an eight year old boy, you're probably going to like this. EJ. I am a your boy and also I, 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 yeah. this. so that's what I felt. I was just like, if you're EJ, you'll like this. No, I, I definitely think I, I would give it maybe a little bit higher than a C. I, it's weird. It's like C I, don't plus. Put in a, I gave it a C plus. Yeah, I would give it a C plus. I don't want to give it a B. And then people are like, but you don't like MCU films, but you give this shit a B. So I don't want to do that. So people yell at me. But yeah, I, I, I like it. I The faults that were there are not enough for me to be angry at it and the good was really good especially like you said like the first you know first act and a half that i'm like oh this is really good and then 
Yeah, I think up until that dramatic moment with Billy is that's that's the definitely the full on do, like decline. Great moment, especially with Zordon and all that. I'm like character development. Holy shit, guys! Thank you. But yeah, I I, I definitely think people should go out and see this. Yeah, because they carried Billy forever. <laughs> they Jesus Christ that man! I was just like, are y'all not tired of this? Like, are we stealing from the? Are we stealing? Are we stealing from the Wachowski siblings again? That was so. That was the most heavy handed because like Billy's like laid out crosswise, and I was like. Oh my God! This Jesus allegory. I'm not watching a Zack Snyder movie. We don't need to know about Jesus all the time. Oh man! As I, because this movie we, we had to see in Canada, we had to drive like five hours to go see this film. Uh, but I got to the theater about an hour earlier, and I was going through my time hops. And you know what happened a year ago today? Did we see Batman v Superman a year ago today? Yes, we did. And that actually, our first podcast then is now a year. Yeah, no, we're, Your we're first podcast was Batman v Superman. Yeah, and then I wanted, I wanted to like that. That, sh- that movie shaped our friendship, which is as odd as it is for us to say. I think that definitely movie showed us who we both are. I know, because I I had to delete your comment today about Batman versus Super- about the DCU, where you're like, ah, oh, you're negative already about the Justice League article, and I was like, no. Read the article. Oh, come on. People are always so negative about that thing. I told you, I want to start making up fake Marvel rumors just to see people start being negative about that. No, but one of our new writers, he wrote a piece about if if Justice League doesn't do well um, or Wonder Woman or either or, but like he had four different alternate realities for the DC extended universe. And, and one of them was making it a Batman-centric universe. And just building from there. I don't know. I feel like everything is... I deal with a lot of the DC animated movies, and that's a problem they have, is everything all... has to have Batman. Even if it's Justice League Dark, who the hell is the conduit in between Justice League and Justice League Dark? Batman. It's just... That's that's something I, I'm cautious about. I just... I get tired of that. Is What if the DCU doesn't just... Just let it be. Just people are like... I think everyone has such a microscope on it that it's like... I think it's unfair, and I think that's what makes me a little angry. And so seeing the stuff like that, I'm it's like, it's not unfair. I don't know, because I don't. I maybe I guess I should. I wish I can time travel after the shit-tastic Iron Man two. If people were like, but how will Marvel? How will Marvel survive? I don't remember that shit. Like, oh, you know what so they did is they cut the budgets on the films. They did. No, there was some serious. Like after Iron Man two, because I remember reading about this. They were like, okay, they were doing like $150 million movies. Now they're like, after Iron Man 2, they're like, you're only getting $100 million. Like they they cut the budgets on those films and they announced that. Uh, so that's Which that. I guess was smart because they saved up money to blow all on Avengers. And right. But no, like for bad. me, like the, the DC Universe, the biggest thing that's a lot of fun is like the team-ups. And I think they just need to make team-up movies where it's like, oh, we have Batman and then we have Aquaman. They're going to go on an adventure. And then it's like Superman and Green Lantern. And they're going to go on an adventure. Like that's what I really like about the DC universe is they had the team up books that were just so much fun and you had different things and you can have epic movies and just, you know, they're just go. you know, they can be connected loosely like the X-Men universe is loosely connected. Yeah, no, I I definitely, I I think that would be a good route. I just, it's kind of how I felt a lot of people with this. And if you kind of go in already with your mind made up, you're going to feel that way. And I think that's, that's something I definitely want to see not happen with DC. Something with Power Rangers as well. It's like, if you're going to go in being like, this is going to be a shitty, kitschy movie from the nineties, 
you're going to feel that way when you walk out. And rarely do I think opinions get changed with films. And I, I just whoa, wish we can... whoa, 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 whoa. I said rarely do feelings get changed on films. One, I don't like the Power Rangers at all. I fucking detest them. <laughs> like more than life itself. The 90s Power Rangers, I think, is, is just when you look back on history, that'll be, that'll be a stain on pop culture history right there. But this film, the first hour of the film is glorious. And I enjoyed it a lot. And I give it a C plus. Like, it's better than I expected. I was surprised. And honestly, I give that, I owe that whole, I give all the respect to the slap and detention. Like that right there. I was like, oh my God, I love this movie so much. It's the best movie ever. And then like, then it kind of just slowly peters after that. But like that first, I don't know what we are, 15 minutes in the film. I was like, oh, I love this movie way more than I like Iron Fist that I've been watching right now. And I'm going to continue to watch Iron Fist. But I still love this movie more than I love Iron Fist. Just the characters. I like the character. They did really. And so that that when you have good characters, you can I personally can survive the shittiness because I was like, oh, I really liked Jason. And I thought Billy was really funny. So I would want to see them again and see their universe expand. Yeah, I, 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 I we should definitely get into an Iron Fist one because I like Iron Fist more than I like Daredevil. So I'm, I'm intrigued of how everyone else's perspective of that film series, uh, that series has been. Well, hopefully I can finish it up for so that we can talk about it next podcast. Yeah, because I definitely wouldn't mind and definitely ranking the MCU films because are the the series because Jessica Jones is still my favorite. No one's touching it. It's gonna be very very hard. So I, I'm interested to see where everyone else's movies or TV shows lie. Yeah, because I wasn't a fan of Luke Cage. I like I liked Luke Cage, but I didn't Luke like Cage how it ended. Could have been a black exploitation movie and it wasn't. It barely went that way. Oh, is it Spike Lee's birthday? He's sixty. I just immediately, my, my train of thought goes like all over the place. I can't believe he's 60. I always thought he was like 30 for the longest time. And now he's like 60. <sighs> yeah, he, he kind of like hit an age where I'm like, oh, so you've been this age forever. And now, now he's, I don't know. It's me and Spike Lee don't always get along. He shouldn't call Samuel Jackson Uncle Tom all the time. He calls him Uncle Tom, like on purpose? Yeah, because he, cause he basically, he says Samuel Jackson's there so Tarantino can use the N-word in his movies. Yeah, but Spike Lee and Charles Barkley and Samuel Jackson are in Dorito commercials together for basketball, and they're yeah. really funny. <laughs> it's just it's just so funny that like Spike Lee's such an interesting. He's like he reminds me of Kanye West of the film world, where I'm like, ooh, Spike, do we want to say that? <laughs> Is that what we're doing? No, he calmed the, down a lot in the early '90s. I mean, in the early '90s or in my upbringing. I think I had white grandparents that were like, that Spike Lee guy, I'm not sure about him. I feel like he's starting trouble. <laughs> but no, he was he was amazing when it came to Your basketball. white grandparent impression was amazing, by the way. <laughs> um, but he when he when he's a Knicks fan, and like him and Reggie Miller used to get into it, and I was like, I've never seen anybody else do this before, and this is pretty amazing. Because he would literally, during the basketball game, like taunt the other player. But this is a famous person taunting basketball player but he's famous and i don't really know like like he spike lee's not playing basketball so i was like how does this work like it was it was an awesome relationship and exchange and it was great to watch when i was growing up in upstate new york 
oh, I'm, I'm now learned about your connection to Spike Lee. It's, this is very interesting. And then Do the Right Thing was in my film class. And I remember like being like, don't throw the radio. Don't break the glass at the Italian restaurant because you won't get pizza anymore. And I was like, I, and I was, I was also like one of the few white people in that room too. And when I watched it and I was like, uh, I feel like the, I feel like everyone's going to start staring at me afterwards. It was, it was one of those, like, this is going to be a conversation about race and I'm not going to say shit. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's a little bit better. That's why I'm like, mm, I'm not going to jump into the social justice issue. I don't need this. No. So hopefully everybody leaves Billy alone and Billy can just be fine in his power ranger mode. Yeah, leave him alone, guys. Please leave Billy alone. Hi, EJ. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. Great, great, great podcast this week with Power Rangers. Hey, Matt, we survived another episode. Oh, no! Once again, there are several ways to continue the conversation after the show. Follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots. You can look at all our silly photos on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. You can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Sardo. My co-host, EJ, is also on Twitter at EJ Christ with a K. The biggest compliment we receive is when the subscriber number goes up on Blog Talk Radio, our new home. I don't know. When did we stop calling it our new home? I mean, it's our home. It's our home. It's our home now. If you have a chance, we'd greatly appreciate a review of our show on iTunes. As always, you can listen to the show on our website, monkeysfightingrobots.com. I don't know if the website changed. It might have. Still the same, monkeysfightingrobots.com. Okay, Lunchbox, let's try this again. There are so many people that made the 115th episode of Monkey's Fighting Robots a success. Special shout out to my co-host, EJ Marino, for putting up with me. I No, no. thank you for putting up with me and going to Power Rangers instead of life. Damn that, it! That was, that was, that was real, that was real uh, awesome on your part. <sighs> Jessica Wynn is the designer of the Monkey's Fighting Robots logo. Are you a monkey or are you a robot? Jeff Shea is the creator of our amazing intros and outros. The staff at Visual Realm built our website and keeps us up running. To all my friends and the interweb, thank you very much for your support. I'm Matt Sardo, and this is Monkeys Fighting Robots. With 25% off all new and up to 70% off previously leased furnishings, do you really need a better reason to party? We don't think so. Come visit our new Court Furniture Clearance Center with more than 9,000 square feet of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home and office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. Free food, prizes, and fun all weekend long at our Chandelier Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com.